You are now listening to a message from Eka Christian Center. Get set to be at the fire. God has blessed you. Hallelujah. That was, that was a powerful charge. Praise the Lord. Right, let's eat our hands talking in other tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Charlie Breki Falosh, Se Entelimash, Zige de Posa, Ata. Zale Tos Kitapa, the Esh Tokotukesaketepafa, Lashta. And the Libosh Kivala, the Embrodush Casa. As he looked to privilevilalis, Zelekitakatos Kita Velefali, Shala Hayat. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sali Brevili Lihishta. talking tongues is part of the service it's part of the session we are fine-tuning we are aligning cooperating with the spirit in that which it would have us to see and have us to know
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for another time with your word in your spirit. We make room for sin. We give room to sin. Thank you that we are never the same again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right, let's have a seat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, look at First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Early on, I uh, tried as much as possible to touch the first man or the protos, okay, as a prophecy or a pointer to the ideal man, and that is Christ, and by implication, the man in him. Praise the Lord. And we still, you know, here and there, look at those uh, texts as we go on. First Corinthians 15, 45. And so it is written, the first man. Hallelujah. The protos, the first man. Adam was made a living soul. The last man was made a quickening spirit. We saw that the word was made means became. Hallelujah. Genomai became. So, he said, the first man became a living soul. Hallelujah to God. So, we know practically he became natural. That's what it means. He became human. Because we know that when God said, let us create man in our image of our likeness and all of that, we didn't see the man. Praise the Lord Jesus. Okay? We didn't see the man. But in Genesis 2, the Lord God formed man. So in the making of man is the creation of man and the formation of man. Creation of man was referenced in Genesis 1. Hallelujah to God. The word barao. And what it means is to bring forth out of a non-existing material. Or out of a material that is not material. You know, that is not physical. That is not material. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Are we following? So that's why you saw that when he created him, he created him from himself. Praise the Lord. Let us. So he came from that word. So you hear, and so God created. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let us create, and so God created. So created means it was done. Praise the Lord. But we didn't see the man. Why? Because the context there was spiritual. Do you see that? The context there was spiritual. But in Genesis 2, we hear, and the Lord God formed what? Man. So, if he's, <laughs> but I thought he created man. Now, he is forming what? Man. Two Hebrew words. The first one means that he came out of a non-material substance. Or he came out of spiritual words. Okay, he came from words. 
Well, the second is actually God was forming a body for man. You understand what I'm saying? God in the second was forming what? A body for, for man. Because it was in Genesis 2 that we now saw man. Are we still together here? So, we saw man with a reference. He became. He became a living soul. That word living soul will imply that he became physical. Praise the Lord Jesus. And he said he formed him from the dust of what? Of the earth. So, the Hebrew word there means to bring forth out of a material material. You understand that now? Huh? Huh? Yatsar. It means to bring forth out of a material. In other words, he brought him forth from a material that was already existing. So he said, from the dust of the ground. Now in Genesis 2, we know what the dust of the ground means. In Genesis 2, he said, from dust you came from, dust you will return. And we know he was speaking about death. Come on now. I said he was speaking about death. So that will tell us that Forming man from the dust of the earth was actually forming a body for man. Because, you see, the spirit does not return to the dust because the spirit did not come from. We know what returns to the dust, right? What returns to the dust? The body, because the body came from the dust. So when he formed man from the dust of the ground, with all of this, you know, intratextuality, you will know that that man formed from the dust of the earth is actually the body for man. You understand what I'm saying? But we know man is not his body. Okay? But we know that the body part of man is the humanity part of man. But the spirit part of man is what? The spiritual part of what? Of man. So we know what returns to the dust. The human part of man. Are we still here? So, so look at 1 Corinthians 15 again. So he said, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made or became a living soul. In other words, became human. Do, we, do you understand that? He became human. He became a human being. So if he became, then he was not to start with. Are we following this? So um, pay attention to that. Then he now said, and the last words, Adam, the eschatos, the last, okay? Where you are eschatology, you know? First of all, the eschatos man, or Adam, was made what? A quickening spirit. So, he's now telling us that Adam, first of all, Jesus, or that became a living soul, talking about humanity, had his, his last in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, it had its beginning. So he called him the first. All right? So at, at the see the first man. So it had its beginning. But the first man also had its ending. In who? In the last. What? Adam. So the word last, eschatos, means that word? Ending. So Man had its beginning and ending. Praise the Lord Jesus. In man, and he called him the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, the word made a quickening spirit, that's what I want to dwell on today. Praise the Lord. Made a quickening spirit means that what? He became. 
a word, a quickening spirit. Just like the first man became. So if he was made a quickening spirit, praise the Lord Jesus, then there was a process to it. Because there was a process to the first man becoming what? A living soul. And I was touching it a little bit. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, let's see how the first man became what? A living soul. We know he was quoting Genesis 2, right? Quickly go to Genesis 2. And let's just take off from there. Genesis 2, 7. Hallelujah. And the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. Praise the Lord Jesus. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils. The breath of what? Of life. And man became a living soul. So, now we know how he became a living soul. How? He started from being dead. Glory be to God. I said he started from where? From death. So, he became a living soul means that he was a dead soul, right? Because the body was formed without the spirit. Hallelujah to God. James 2.26, as the body without the spirit is dead. So, death means that the body is separated from the spirit. So, we know that God formed a body, right? He formed a body for man. That's forming man from the dust of the earth. We have explained that. Now, that body was dead in that it lacked spirit, life. So, God was now bringing life making that body to become a living body. So how he did that was to breathe the bread of life. He said, and man became a living soul. Hallelujah to God. In other words, he came alive. All of these were what? Prophecy. Glory be to God. All of these were prophecies concerning the man in Christ. How that in bringing forth the second man. You know, this is the first man. We will read as we go on. Let me just read that again. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 again so that I, I do away with this. Verse 46. How be that was 1 Corinthians 15, 45? All right? Let me read over. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be that was not false, which is what? Spiritual. So we see the force was not spiritual. If the force was not spiritual, the force was what? Natural. That's mean of he became. Okay? Now, albeit that was not force which is spiritual, but that which is what? Natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. Afterwards, that which is spiritual. Praise the Lord. Now, go ahead. Verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy. Again, natural. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Spiritual. Now, not again. He went from the last word. A dam to what? The second man. So, he mentioned first man, last, first man, Adam, last Adam, and what? And second man. Are we following this? Now, look at verse what? 48. As it is, as is the eighty. Such are they also that are what? Earthy. As easy heavily, such are they also that are what? Heavily. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, so 
shall also, we shall also bear the image of the world. Heavenly. Now, that's where we have our image, Imago Dei. Now, pay attention now. Note that he now started speaking about the first and the what? The second. He was no longer speaking about the last. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Because the last came to fulfill, okay, the prophecy of, to fulfill that prophecy of the second man. So he was the last man before he became what? The second man. But where he was actually going, what God was looking for is that spiritual man. Talk to me. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In fact, if you look at the context of 1 Corinthians 15, it is resurrection from the dead. That's the context. It's resurrection from the dead. So, the second man, therefore, is a function of what? Resurrection. So, what that tells us is this, that the first is going to the second. The destiny of the first is what? Is the second. That's where we are going. That's the climax. That's the ideal. That is the ultimate perfection of God's work. Are we still here? Are we still here? So, that would mean that the destiny of man is Christ. Because the destiny of Adam is Christ. Adam was going to who? To Christ. The natural was going to who? The spiritual. Hallelujah to God. The earthy is going to who? The heavenly. So that means the ultimate is Christ, spiritual, and what? Heaven or heavenly. Not natural, not Adam, natural, and earth. But all this we are first. But this is where he began, where he is going to. Is the is Christ, then what? Spiritual and then heavenly. That is salvation. Glory be to God. Because we know that in Christ is salvation, and in salvation is spirituality. Ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. So the reason you are in the spirit is not because you feel the spirit. The reason you are in the spirit is not because you are in a location. The reason you are in the spirit is not even where you are, it's where the spirit is. So he said you are in the spirit because the spirit is where? Is in you. Say, I am in the spirit. Say, yes, I am in the spirit. You know, you know, you have heard people say, shh, 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 shh. I'm in the spirit. I'm in the spirit. So somebody will pick one and say, why are you calling me when I'm in the spirit? I'm in the spirit. Call me back, I'm in the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't need to feel anything to be in the spirit. The spirit only needs to be in you to be in the spirit. Now, because the spirit is in you, that's what it means to be spiritual. I said, that's what it means to be what? Spiritual. If the difference between you and a non-believer is what? Is the spirit. The difference between Adam and Christ is the spirit. That's why we are going from the natural to what? To the spiritual. Oh, praise God. So we are going from the lack of the spirit to the possessing of the spirit. Because if Adam had the spirit, yeah, that's what I'm saying, there's no need for Christ to, to come. Because Christ's resurrection implied the giving of the spirit. 
Are you following this thing that I'm saying? So he said, if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, Romans chapter 8, verse 9, if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, he is none of what? Of his. Look at it again. Romans 8, 9. Ye are not in the flesh. Say, I'm not in the flesh. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm not in the flesh. Say it again. Say, I'm not in the flesh. Well, you are in this body, right? Are you in this body? <laughs> are you in this body? Say it again. Say, I'm not in the flesh, but in the spirit. What it means that I am not in Adam, I am in Christ. Are you listening? Are you listening? What I was saying? Now look at this. He said, You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of, of Christ dwelleth where? In you. Do you have the spirit of Christ dwelling in you? Hallelujah. Then he said, You are in the spirit. So if you are in the spirit, that means you are spiritual. Come on now. Spiritual is an adjective now. Praise the Lord Jesus. Huh? Huh? Qualifying what? Spirit. Spiritual means something that pertains to what? To spirit. And that spirit is the spirit of God. Say, I am spiritual. Say the case, I am spiritual. You are actually the truly spiritual. All these people that call them, you are the spiritualists. So there's a spiritualist there. Where? Bring that spiritualist here. Let him come and greet the real spiritualist. Glory be to God forevermore. <laughs> you are the true spiritualist. Hallelujah. <laughs> you have to explain very well because <laughs> they say that pastor is a spiritualist. Huh? Let's go. <laughs> you know, because of poor teaching. Now, look at this. So, he said, if so be that the spirit of Christ dwell in you, right? Now, he said, if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He said, he is none of his. Talk, talk to me. He said, he is none of what? So, the Lord knoweth those who are his, means that God knows those who have his spirit. So, spiritual ownership is evident in the spirit within. So, that, that you belong to God, okay, is evident in that the spirit is in you. So, the difference between you now and you before Christ is the spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? If there is a way you can do before and after, look at this. If we subtract the you before, from the you now, it will be equal to the spirit. So if the spirit leaves you now, you are who you used to be. You are not whom you used to be because you now have whom you did not have. The spirit. So the difference between a believer and a non-believer is what? The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is what? The difference between Adam and Christ will be what? The spirit. So when we say spiritual, we are implying the spirit within. When we say heaven, praise the Lord Jesus, we are implying where? The spirit within. That's when we say rapture. Are you rapturable? Are you rapturable? Praise the Lord Jesus. Rapturability is the spirit within. You cannot be more ready eh, than you already are. Glory be to God. Because 
He gave you the spirit. Look at this. He came to prepare you for his coming. That preparing you for his coming is giving you the spirit. Say, are you ready for his coming? No, he made you ready for his coming. Hallelujah. So let's be, let's be preparing for his coming. No, he is the one preparing to come. I said he's the one preparing to come. I have been ready since, since, since salvation. He made me ready for his coming. And that's the spirit. So rapturability is the spirit within. I am his. What's the evidence? The spirit. The spirit. Understand this is I'm telling you. That's why you see, with all that he allowed in the Old Testament, what was missing was the spirit. The true worshiper will worship him in the spirit. But they had worship. Well, the word true means that he was saying those were not worship. Those were rituals. So what the Old Testament had was what? Ritual. What the New Testament has is spiritual. You know the difference huh? Huh? between the spirit and spiritual is what? Remove ritual from spiritual. Equals what? The spirit. So the spirit is the deal. Jesus died and resurrected to give us the spirit. So when he said the last Adam, he made a life-giving spirit. How did he do that? Death, burial, and resurrection. Because by resurrection, he now gave the spirit. Oh, glory be to God forever. And in giving the spirit, he resurrected as the second man. In giving the spirit, pay attention, we have now borne the image of the second man. And that is the ultimate man. That's where man was going to. In Christ. So the destiny of man is to be in Christ. Divine destiny. You know, man can chart his own destiny. Because we have different destinies now. <laughs> praise, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But the divine destiny for man was for man to be in Christ. Talk to me. Having predestinated us for the adoption of sonship, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So our predestination is to be in Christ. So our destiny in God is to be in Christ. So the man in Christ has already attained his destiny. It's not, we are not looking for destiny. Divine destiny, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I know some people who talk about marital destiny, they talk about career destiny, you know, and talk about fruitfulness destiny and traveling abroad destiny. Well, that may be true in your context, but in the divine context, the destiny of man is for that man to be in Christ. Come on. So the man in Christ has what? Attained his destiny. So the man in Christ is not looking for destiny. So what the man in Christ is discovering is purpose in destiny. Assignment in Christ. And that is ministry. Your purpose in Christ is who is what? Ministry. Glory be to God forevermore. Huh? Luke was a doctor, right? 
As a look was a doctor. Not once did he call it his ministry. Glory be to God forevermore. Paul, we know, was a lawyer, right? Not once did Paul call, him, call that ministry. If it's ministry, pay attention. If another man who is not in Christ has it, then it cannot be a ministry in Christ. Because if it's a ministry in Christ, it can only be obtained in... So if what you call ministry is still obtainable outside of Christ, if what you are doing that you call ministry, a man that has no Christ, is also doing same. That's not ministry in Christ. It can be ministry of sports. Huh? A ministry of women affairs. Ministry of housing. And roads and construction. <laughs> Amen to God. But ministry in Christ? No. It is only given in resurrection. And that's purpose. Hallelujah. That's purpose. And in judgment, look at this, in judgment, you know there are two judgments. I said, you know there are two judgment seats. There is the judgment seat for the unbeliever. Praise the Lord Jesus. Where it will be judged for not attaining destiny. There is the judgment seat of Christ where we are judged for not fulfilling purpose. So judgment is about destiny and purpose. Do we understand these things that I'm saying? So the last Adam becoming what? Life-giving spirit. Coming to that place where he is able to give us the spirit of life was through death. Burial and what? And resurrection. Why was that important? Because eventually that, that becomes the message. Praise the Lord Jesus. Why was that important? We know it's because of sin, right? We know that man fell. A man fell so much that he had no strength to rise. So you hear the Bible said, when we were without strength. Oh, that's a powerful statement. Do you know what that means? Even if we wanted to try, we had no strength. We had no strength to please God. It's not that we don't have the willingness to please God. We don't have the strength for it. We, we cannot do it. Hallelujah. Even in your trying to please God, it's still a sin. Thinking that for not saying something, you will please God. Or for saying something, you will please God. He said, you are now displeasing. Look at Isaiah. Hallelujah. Let the righteous man, your righteous man, forsake his way. Come on. And the wicked man is taught. You know, Isaiah 55. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let him turn to the Lord. He will abundantly word pardon. Now, you need to understand what it means by turn from his way. Praise the Lord Jesus. Can I, can I have it, Isaiah? Look at this. He's trying to tell you about religion. He's talking about the man who has devised a way to please God. He said, let him forsake his thoughts. Hallelujah. And let your righteous man forsake his way. What thoughts? What way? The thinking that you are going to behave somehow and God is pleased. Hallelujah to God. Isaiah 55. Quickly. Praise the Lord Jesus. 
can look at it from verse 6. Oh, Isaiah 55, please. Look at this. Seek ye the Lord while he may be what? Found. Call upon him while he is what? Near. This is a messianic scripture. Are you listening to this now? So he's not saying when the Lord is near is when your heart is burning. You know, you have heard people preaching the gospel. They say, as I'm preaching to you now, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. That's a lie. Jesus is not knocking at the door of anybody's heart. See, you see, the Bible said that behold, I stand at the door. Stop lying now. I stand at the door was not to unbeliever. Behold, I stand at the door was a church that locked him outside. And we're serving him inside. <laughs> All this you're leading. All this you're leading, we don't want. He now started knocking. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. Look at this. Seek ye the Lord why he may be found. Call upon him why he is near. It's not like when you are preaching the gospel, the Lord is now near. You know, when your heart is, is when you have, when, say, the Holy Spirit started, started condemning you. You say, ah, that means God is near. Call on him, call on him. No. Read it in context. This scripture is messianic. When will the Lord be near? Incarnation. He said there will be a time the Lord will be near. When he became a man. Hallelujah. He was never nearer. Look at this. Call up. Go back again. Seek ye the Lord why he may be what? There was a time God was found. You don't understand what I'm saying? People were walking and bumped into God. He became found. Hallelujah. And he became near. He said, seek him then. Seek him then. Seek ye the Lord why he may be found. Oh, glory be to God forevermore. Call upon him while he's what? He's near. Yeah, tell us this. Then in verse 7, he said, go ahead. In verse 7, he said, let the wicked forsake what? Don't forget his messianic. Let the wicked forsake his way and your righteous man is thought. Let him return to the Lord and he will have what? So it's about mercy, right? And to our God, because he will abundantly what? Pardon. So it's about forgiveness of sin. So he said, unrighteous man, forsake your fault. Wicked man, forsake your way. What is he saying? The way that you have devised, thinking that this is how I am going to end mercy from God. Thinking that if I do like this, my sins will be forgiven. If I behave like this, God is going to be pleased with me. He said, forsake it. Hallelujah to God. Leave it alone. So he mentioned what thoughts and mentioned what way for you to understand. Go ahead now, verse 8. Quickly, sir. Verse 8. For my thoughts. You know that word? I have my own way by which you will have pardon. I have my own thoughts by which you are going to what? Eh? And what is that thought? I will be found. I will be near. Speaking of incarnation, when God became a man and he was found, when he became a man and he was near, be honest this. Neither are my ways your ways, hear the Lord. Pay attention. Go ahead, verse 9. Quickly. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thought than your thought. Don't forget. 
earthy, and then what? Heaven. So he said, your ways are earthly ways. My ways are heavenly ways. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Yeah, tell you this. My ways are heavenly ways. So the distance between your way trying to please me and my way of how you will be pleased, the distance is like between heaven and earth. Come on. So you can't meet up. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. Go ahead. For as the rain cometh down, the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to board, that it may give seed to the sower and the bread to the eater. Look at this. What makes the earth to board? The rain. Huh? What makes the earth to board? The rain. Look at this. To make it to board, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, without the rain, the earth cannot cause to board. And without the earth doing that, there will be no seed for sower, bread to the eater. So, the deal breaker is the rain. So it's the rain that causes this thing to be. Pay attention. He linked it to his word. He said, so shall my word be. Don't forget the context is forgiveness of sin. In other words, I am the only one that can cause your sins to be forgiven. There is, there is, no, there is nothing you will back on. Amen to God? Because for thinking that way, look at this. He said, you are a wicked man. He said, he <laughs> said, let the wicked forsake his way. For the fact that you had you that way, he already said it's wickedness. That you are now thinking that thought, he called you unrighteous. So even that itself is a crime. Thinking that you can please God by yourself is a sin. So you see that you don't have strength. There's nothing you could do. Pay attention to this. Then he says, so shall my word be. That, pro that comes forth what? Out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me what? But shall accomplish that which I, what is it that he pleased? Don't forget, he will abundantly pardon. Forgiveness of sins. Salvation. That's what he pleased. He said, my word will comfort. Amen to God. It will not return unto me. Void means that it will not go and come back without accomplishing the mission. But that means it's capable of going and coming. It will go and it will come back. But when it comes back, it will be with mission accomplished. Pay attention. And it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it. So I'm going to send it into a thing. That is where it will prosper. And that prosperity will be that there will be abundant pardon. In context. So what is this? The word became flesh. Come on now. I said the word that was spoken, God who has so three times in diverse manner, speaking time passed unto our fathers by the prophet, had in this last day spoken to us by the son. As sundry times means portions of times. Hallelujah to God. So in the garden of Eden, he spoke concerning evil. Now we they run that town. Who causes joy in the presence of angels? Believers. So heaven, wait on us. It is what we eventually do here that will be the work of God that will be done. That's why this ministry thing is so important. Glory be to God. Because the keys are now with us. When we open our mouth to preach, that is opening. 
that is granting men access. But when we shut our mouth, that is what? That is binding. That is forbidding men from entering. In fact, that is the implication of whosoever sin will remit is remitted. That's how powerful he has brought us. Power to forgive sin does not mean you go ahead and say, your sins are forgiven. No. It's a post-resurrection responsibility. It's the preaching of the gospel. That's how John put what Matthew called, go ye into all the world. What Mark called, go ye into all the world. Are you following? Are you, are you what I'm saying? What act of the apostle called, ye shall be witnesses unto me to the whole world. How John ended it in his own account was this. Uh, as the Father sent me, so sent are you. Whatsoever sinned, you remit is remitted. Whatsoever sinned, you what? Retain. Is what? Is retained. What does that mean? In the preaching of the gospel. Because it's a message of reconciliation. Reconciliation is forgiveness of sin. So now, we grant men the forgiveness of the sin that God has given them. When we open our mouth and preach the gospel, we are giving men forgiveness of sin. When we close our mouth and refuse to preach the gospel, we are retaining sins of men. Powerful. Sitting there until his enemy will be made his footstool is up to the church. And I pray that in this conference, that ladies and men in ministry will rise to the consciousness of taking heed to the ministry that you have received of the Lord and to fulfill it. Let's bow our head, talk in other tongues. Shani me hukotomikasa. La habradiko skufa haya. Eentane gihosofala. Embraane hikoto sofia. Shana mayande. Ela barata haya. I hear you my spirit that we pray. That there is no error in our ministries. Let's lift our hands and take that prayer. It just came to me now. Just lift your hand and begin to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. No error. No error. I told us in the morning that these things are slippery. It's so easy to slip away. It's so easy to be distracted from this competition, pressure, measuring ourselves by ourselves, comparing ourselves with ourselves. Followership, leadership, a lot of these things can combine. And if we are not careful, we can slip away. It's about if we pay attention. If we pay attention, we will not. Father, we pray that there is no error. No error in our lives. No error in our ministry decisions. No error in our following. No error in our leadership. No error in our teaching. No error in our praying. Shalabaya toko seketeli baharafata. Imbro nushki dogo tus katibra adishko zava. Enkuta nikos kupa vahilo husekelea. Oh Father, we pray that we are delivered from errors. Kurama shataka. Bandala barabaye. Baramako shataba bahaya. 
Maranda Kuraba Shantarababa Kuraba Shiarabadises. Kuraba Shantakababa Babahaya. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed? If you've been blessed, rejoice in the Spirit. Come on. Rejoice in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash oikia God has blessed you.